0: Church, can you can see on this Thanksgiving weekend. Let me invite you to stand with us as we lift our voices and proclaim what we believe in our awesome God today. I believe there is one salvation, one doorway that leads to life, one redemption, one confession. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe in the crucifixion by his blood I have been set free I believe in the resurrection hallelujah his life is destiny. to be we sing all praise to God the Father all praise to Christ the Son all praise to the Holy Spirit Our God has overcome The King who was and is And evermore will be In Jesus' mighty name I believe I believe, I believe I believe in the Pope of heaven, He's preparing a place for me. Far beyond what hearts imagine, ears have heard or eyes have seen. I believe that a day is coming, He's returning to claim His prize. Light the altar, keep it burning, see the Lamb who rose. god the father all praise to christ the son all praise to the holy spirit
1: our god has
0: overcome The. Would you
1: please be seated? Well, good morning, church. Happy Thanksgiving. We can still say that, I believe. We are so glad that you are here. I hope you ate well this week and that you got to hang out with family. But We are so glad you're here in this room. We know that many of you are watching online, so welcome. We are glad you are here as well, also. Hey, you survived the rain, and we're so glad you made it in this room. There's a couple things that we want to talk about this morning. First, we would love to know that you're here. You can check in. The information is on the screen behind me or on your screen in front of you. Uh, Make sure you do that each week so you can find out the announcements, what's going on. It's a great way to find out what's going on in the life of the church. If this is your first time, we are so glad that you're here with us this morning, and we want to get to know you, and this is one of the ways that we do that. So help us by checking in and letting us know that you're here this morning. We have a very exciting event coming up. In a couple weeks, a couple months. It's called Night to Shine. And we are so thrilled, excited. This is a prom for people with special needs, hosted by the Tim Tebow Foundation. We are one of the sites and we need volunteers. And so if you'd be willing to dance, hang out, volunteer. I said dance in the Baptist Church. I did. Uh, we would love for you to be a part of that. You can sign up by texting the keyword NTS to that number and sign up and be a part of that. It's going to be an amazing event. Uh, Another thing that's coming up, and at the end of this week, December 1st, the DeLand Christmas Light Show, you saw the lights on when you walked in, that show will actually go live on Friday, so we'd love for you to be a part of that, bring your friends, come hang out and watch the DeLand Christmas Light Show. And one other exciting thing coming up that you need to make sure you're a part of, we have the Point of Grace concert coming here in a couple weeks on December 7th, now this is a ticketed event, so make sure you buy tickets, we are at like 75% sold. So make sure you sign up and get your tickets. If you are having trouble with that, call the church office and we'll help you out. We are glad that you're here. I'm going to pray for us. Oh, by the way, uh, Brad Conley, okay, we had a light on, the lights turned off on the car. So somebody didn't have to make the embarrassing walk out to turn your lights off. So that got taken care of. Thank you guys. Um, I'm going to pray for us and we're going to ask God to bless this time together. Father God, we thank you so much that we have the opportunity just to take a moment and reflect on who you are. God, I thank you for Jesus. I'm so thankful for what you did for the cross, on the cross for each of us. God, and in this room um, and in rooms all across the world, there are people coming together to worshiping, worshiping God. So God, as we take this time just now and we set aside all the stress of the week and all the stress of the season. Allow us to focus on you and celebrate the risen Savior. God, we love you. And we give this time to you, for you. And in your name we pray. Amen.
0: Church, let's stand and continue to worship together. He came from glory. Took on flesh to save the lost. Grace and mercy. Displayed upon the cross Our redemption He's the hope for all mankind One name over everything One name over everything Let's lift up his name Jesus oh Jesus.
2: So you made a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside, and there at the cross you paid the debt I owed, broke my chains.
0: Jesus in this place and we proclaim your greatness. We proclaim our belief in you, but we believe in you. We believe what you've done. We thank you for loving us on the cross. We thank you for being an awesome God on this Thanksgiving weekend. We have nothing more to be thankful for than your love for us, your grace for us, and your mercy. We lift up your name and we praise the mighty name of Jesus in this place today. And all God's people said, amen. Would you please be seated?
3: Good morning. What a great day. What a wonderful opportunity. It has been so much fun today to see you all fight over chairs. <laughs> it is wonderful. I hope that you have had a just a great Thanksgiving, uh, a wonderful celebration of being together with family and, uh, and football. Some of you had a good day of football. Some of you didn't. I had a terrible day of football, so it's part of life. Uh, but it has been a great season of thanks. Uh, really, I, I love the idea and, and the reality that we get a chance to celebrate Thanksgiving and then we move very quickly into the Christmas season because there's nothing more to be thankful for than the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so it's a beautiful thing that we have an opportunity uh, to be together today. It is a special day in that we are all together in one service. Some of you have been twiddling your thumbs since 8 o'clock this morning. You're like, when are we going to church? When are we going to church? When Going to church. Listen, I'm so glad that you're here and so thankful that we have the privilege of, of being all together in one room, one big place, one big church family. It is a, it is a wonderful opportunity. So I'm, I'm grateful that you are here. We're going to uh, finish our series that we have been calling The Power of Routine. And the reality is that in our lives, we need some things that will help us to walk closer with Jesus. And over the course of this time, these last several weeks, we've been talking about attending worship. Check you're here. Great job. Reading your Bible. I hope that's a check. Praying, fasting, giving generously. Last week we talked about sharing your faith. And today we're going to talk about practicing community. Uh, today, to to do that, I'm going to invite someone different to come and share with you. Now, let me just give a quick uh, word of introduction. First of all, uh, Tim Detellis is uh, a a good friend, and he has been a friend to our church and a friend to me for a number of years. He's a friend in a lot of ways. Uh, he's a friend in that he is the CEO of New Missions Ministries, which is what the the shoeboxes that you've been putting together. He is the company that we give those shoeboxes to. This that they go over to the Dominican and Haiti. And so I'm sure that he will share a little bit about that. He also is the person that brings to us our Laugh All Night programs. When we've had our comedians come, uh, New Missions is, uh, is the, the ministry that that kind of comes under. But probably most important, without a doubt most important, Tim is the father of Kate Hicks, the wife of our intern, Nate Hicks. And so we, so he brought Nate and Kate to us. And that's a, that's a fabulous thing too. Now I will tell you on the day that her dad is speaking in church, Kate is over in the nursery helping as a volunteer, so I don't know if she arranged that on purpose or not, but I could think of no one better to come and share with us a message about practicing community, because I've seen that in Tim's life, I've seen that in his ministry, I've seen that in just the way that he walks every day, and so I'm grateful to uh, to be able to sit down and hear from Tim to tell us, would you welcome him this morning, Tim?
4: wow, your pastor is so tall. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. And my daughter, being in the kids' ministry this morning, volunteering is a product of training in the ministry. Mom and dad, let me tell you, it's attending church and serving at church that raises up a child that follows God. I'm telling you, it's the service of the church, I believe, that helps our kids really understand why ministry exists. And so I want you to say this word with me. Ministry exists because of others. Repeat after me. Others. One more time. Others. Ministry exists for others. Now, I don't know about you, but God loves you because we ate turkey, we ate stuffing, we're all feeling good, right? God loves you. Do you believe it? we got to believe that first. If you don't believe God loves you, it's really hard to love others. So we got to get this straight first. We, we are loved by God. We need to pause for a moment in that. We, we worshiped this morning. We sang about it. But I believe that's the problem with community is that we first have to align ourselves with the source of love. We have to understand because God loves you, you can go love others. The Shoebox Drive represents that. Our theme verse for that campaign is we love because he first loved us. I mean, right? Because you are able to be a river, not a reservoir of God's love in your life. Amen? But ministry is for others. And so this morning, I want to talk about this area of building community that lasts. Uh, Building community that lasts. But to begin today's message, I really want to let you know it's going to be practical. Okay, so we're going to get some good tips and resources along the way. So grab your pen and make sure to take some notes or grab your phone and But also, this is going to be very much about solving a problem, and I need to begin by sharing with you that we do have a problem with community and culture today in the United States of America. Um, For the record, I grew up overseas in the country of Haiti, the poorest country in our hemisphere. My father was a pastor for 25 years. At 40 years old, he was diagnosed with being a workaholic. Okay, any pastors in the room, you know what I'm talking about. Ministry never, 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 never stops pulling. So my mother thought as a gift for his 40th birthday, mom would give dad sailing lessons. Something to distract him from all the work. So my father began sailing, and I remember going to the public library. I still have, I'm, I'm still a library carrying guy, library, library card. Anybody have a library card? Anyone? Okay, good. My people are here. Praise Jesus. I would go to the library with my father and he would read about the islands of the Caribbean because we were from the northeast outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And so to escape those cold winter months, dad would dream of sailing to the islands. In the process of reading about the islands of the Caribbean, he learned about the island of Hispaniola. Repeat after me, Hispaniola. And that's where Haiti and the Dominican Republic call home. And so dad read that Haiti was the poorest country in our hemisphere. And as a pastor, he was shocked. So he thought to himself, I need to go help the people of Haiti. So back in the 70s, we went there and did short-term mission trips, gave some money away on some follow-up trips. Dad was not happy with the impact. So he thought to himself, I need to start a mission. And so on January 6, 1983... My mother and father moved our family to Haiti where we camped out in tents for three months to start a mission. So now 40 years later, that mission is, is fully led and functioning because of local leadership that we have raised up. We believe in discipleship. It's the true measurement of success. So 100% of our pastors and teachers today in Haiti, there are 30 churches gathering for worship to the glory of God. Isn't that amazing? Yes. And I want you to know that, you know, when you give here, you're giving to missions, and you're helping our mission be present and proactive in Haiti to the glory of God and the Dominican Republic. But it was in Haiti that I learned about the power of community. Because without community, we would not survive. We needed one another. I remember going down to the shoreline, and uh, my my son-in-law is here this morning, Nate, and uh, he's a strong man, and... I know he would have totally helped out if we were down at the shoreline together this morning, cause here in Deland, we needed to go fishing. And early, Nate and I would have met and cast out our nets. And together, together, ensemble, which is together in Haitian Creole, ensemble, Nate and I would have to pull in those nets to catch the fish. But in Haiti, we needed a village. Literally in the morning, we would go to the shorelines and there would be dozens of people helping to Pull in those fishing nets on some together. But here in the United States, (laughs) togetherness is not a popular campaign, is it, right? Isolation, independence, my way, your way, opinions, hate has become a popular campaign. I mean, just talk about politics and religion and it divides the neighbors. All of a sudden the doors are closed and the blinds are shut. And Harvard actually did a study. Harvard, if we want to turn to something secular because we need to understand how people are thinking. Harvard did a study that back in the 50s, being a good neighbor or having community meant that you left the door unlocked. You had a pie already baked. You had some, you familiar with this lifestyle back in the day? You actually liked having people come over unannounced. I mean, if someone came over your house unannounced today, you'd be like, tch, tch. Oh, sorry, that was, that wasn't, un, that wasn't unlocking the door. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just talking about my neighbors, maybe not your neighbors. But there's been a shift in community and what it means. Have you heard of this commercial like a good neighbor? Oh, you guys are smart. Man. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Did you know State Farm did a study because I'm an advocate for National Good Neighbor Day. We have a task force that gathers from around the country. And we were debating on how community could be more engaging in this modern day. And one of the task force members revealed to me that State Farm did a research study with millennials and that they did not like the idea of a good neighbor. Do you know why? Harvard did the study. State Farm confirmed it. Today, the definition of a good neighbor is someone who leaves you alone. That's a problem if ministry is about, say it with me, others. Repeat after me, others. That's a problem, believers, if we know that ministry is about others and community requires us to be ensemble, to be together. And the problem is is that the world doesn't want us together near them. So how are we going to build a community that lasts? So I want you to tap somebody on the shoulder and say, tag, you're it. Remember that game? Go tag, you it. Yeah, we can play that game post-COVID now. Thank you, Jesus. Tag, you it. Pastor Dan reached out to me about this morning, and I don't take moments like this lightly um, because I'm intimidated preaching before you with a pastor that that loves you well loves God's word well, and loves the local church well. So it's an honor to be here this morning um, and, and serve you well, Pastor Dan. I'm glad that you're resting right now. Wake up! Okay, anyway, so I want you to know this. Pastor Dan cares about the community that you live in because the local church is the greatest force for good. And we need to understand as we go from here today, my hope and prayer is that we walk out these doors understanding that we are the people that are going to solve this problem of community. We can reshape what it looks like that you do want to be near us. And Stetson Baptist Church is so well positioned in this community to reach people, but also welcome people. And we'll talk about that in this message. So to begin today, now you know the problem, right? Is that the definition of neighboring and community has radically changed. And I believe we can be part of that solution. So I want to turn to a scripture this morning. This isn't a common scripture that I use when I preach on neighboring. I know you, I know, you know the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. so that's, that's the foundation. We get that. But what does that look like is really my question today as we go from here and as we really discover and to study what it means to build a community that lasts. So I want to turn to Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to put the scripture on the screen. And I'm going to invite you to sing with me, read with me aloud. I want to hear your voices this morning. I want you to read this with me, Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 through 36. Let's read together. Then the king will say to those on his right, I thought there was one more verse, but I was homeschooled, my parents were working, and I still can't read. (laughs) I'm still learning to speak English too, by the way. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word speaking to us today. But dear Lord, may we not just know it, but Lord, may we obey it and live it for your glory. And all God's people said, Amen. So here you and I are, and the Heavenly Father is looking at us and going, well done, you did these things in my name. What are we doing to serve those in our community? Are we saying to the strangers, stay over there? Are we saying to the sick, I'll pray for you, but I won't visit you? Are we saying to those that are lonely and hurting, I'm just too busy. I just don't have time for this. And I believe as I look at the scripture today, we are able to extract from the word of God the way in which the community needs to feel that the people of God make others the priority. And the way that we make others the priority to build community that lasts is we meet the physical needs of others first. When we went to Haiti in 1983, mothers would come to our mission and ask us for empty cardboard boxes to bury their children in because half of the children would die before their fifth birthday. So what did we do to respond to the problem? We began to feed. We began to provide medical care. We began to provide prenatal care, postnatal care, training midwives. We met the needs of the people in our community. First, and then they beg to ask the question: Why do you love me so well? And it's because Jesus loves you. This I know for the missionary showed me so. Jesus loves me, this I know for the believer from Stetson Baptist Church, crossed the street, opened the door, and said, You're sick, and I'm here to help. I don't care what you believe. I don't care where you're from. I care about you because ministry is about others. And so we're going to go live out this scripture. We're going to reach the sick. We're going to reach the community. We're going to reach the people. Now, here's the thing about the Bible. There's a word in the Bible that I really love about how I was in prison. Remember that? You know that verse? Anyone else? I was in prison and you visited me. It's a big deal, right? Anybody? Do you all want to start a prison ministry today? You ready for this? Spiritually, there are people you know that are trapped in a prison. Spiritually. Emotionally. Mentally. And the only resolve to the problem of the lostness or the hopelessness of the world is Jesus. When we read about prison, it's not just behind bars. It's behind darkness. It's behind lostness. And we know who can set the captive free, amen? Who sets the captive free? Pastor Dan? No! Jesus. Because ministry is about others, we need to introduce others to Jesus. So I wanna transition into some practicality for today's message, but before I do so, I need to kinda of make this so personal to you and I that we understand it's possible. Because sometimes the idea of building community sounds overwhelming. Like, Tim, I'm not an extrovert, you kinda of seem like one. Truthfully, I'm an introverted extrovert, okay? I love people far away. (laughs) But I know that God loves people, so I need to draw near to them. You see, what I've learned after living in Haiti and then being here in the U.S., understanding this has been helpful. See that no matter where you live, no matter your economic status, no matter the address in which you call home, the car you drive, the house you live in, the clothes you wear, everyone becomes lonely and hungry. It's equal. I know it's, what, three days after Thanksgiving you may not be hungry yet, but ultimately come Tuesday you're going to be hungry. Okay? We're all going to get lonely and hungry. So we can go meet those needs in our community. So I want to give to you this morning five keys to community to help us build a community that lasts. The first is that of intentionality. Repeat after me, intentionality. Intentionality. For I was hungry and you prayed I'd find food. No, say with me, gave. One more time, gave. I didn't hear you, gave, That is very intentional. You can't accidentally give someone something. That is intentionality at the core. The Christmas lights that are surrounding your church building this morning were intentionally placed there. They didn't accidentally show up. Those interns worked really hard the other night. They were up all night. I remember sitting with your pastor and Brad talking about reaching the community and Brad was talking about this light show and the music and cars could come on the property and families could walk. And Why? Who cares about the Christmas lights? Oh, no, no. We, we really actually don't care about the Christmas lights. <laughs> we care about the people that see the Christmas lights. Did you hear me? That's intentionality. See, if we are not intentional... And building community that lasts. Then we are passive. And we're just going to let the world be whatever it wants to be. Versus understanding that it can be a world where God is at the center of the relationships. And others are drawing near to him. Prisoners are being set free. Those that are sick and lonely and hungry find community that lasts. So intentionality. I'm going to give you another word when it comes to intentionality. And that is your mindset. It's your mindset. I, I love this series about the power of routine. Uh, I'm a little bit obsessive when it comes to systems and procedures at New Missions. We've been in existence for 40 years. If you come to our home office in Orlando, everything is systemized. It's, it's very well defined on what happens when and where and who. And I'm a little crazy about it. It's okay. I twitch sometimes. It's okay, you know. But here's the point. The power of routine is about a predetermined decision. It's been said, if you want to be a runner, put the shoes next to the bed, the sneakers, and so when you wake up in the morning, you see them first and you put them on. The intentionality starts with a mindset. I want to have a mindset that I'm going to live the verse we read, and I'm going to go to the sick and the hurting and the hungry and the needy and say, how may I serve you because ministry is about others it's an intentionality, it's a mindset. Number one, first key, intentionality. Say with me again, intentionality. Because you and I can become a part of solving this problem of building community that lasts. Number two, this is hard for the introvert. Here we go. Let's breathe. Everyone breathe in and say the word introductions. Uh, Pastor Dan, this one's hard. I, I know I uh, I'm guilty of it. I I lived in a home where I would escape to the backyard of the pool, and I, I ignored my neighbors on both sides. I think I knew their first names at best, and inviting somebody over was the was the last idea on my mind. But then I open up the scripture, and uh, there's this there's this there's this dude named Jesus, and he would say, "Come, stay over there." No, he would say, come, follow me. And then I will send you out to fish for people. Jesus knew that ministry was about others. Jesus would say, come, follow me. You find Christ. And then what does does Jesus say to you? Go. Go find others. Jesus was the master inviter. Here at Stetson Baptist Church, intentionally first, there's programs that take place. Call them events, call them activities for you to invite others. We're making it easy, okay? Hey, you want to go see some Christmas lights tonight? Hey, Christmas Eve, where are you going to be? Come sit with me. I'll be your host. I want you and your family to come with me. I want to invite you. And then the powerful connection to the invite is you host somebody. Tell them where they're going to meet you. and Let them know they're going to sit with you. Because introductions, I'm talking about invitations under the word introductions. Did you all catch on that finally? Anybody? Pastor Dan's nodding. He goes, wow, you were were homeschooled. We'll get back to introductions in a minute. So I've been talking about invitations, okay, which is the third word. There you go. Obviously I can't read, Nate. But the powerful fact about the invitation for you and me when it comes to building community that lasts... And please hear this, because this is where it hurts. People don't always accept your invitations. And they don't show up. And they don't come. But that's the power of the invite. Keep on inviting. So on the last Tuesday of the month in our neighborhood, we have what's called Guys Night Out. So this coming Tuesday, I'll be inviting some guys. I've already sent out the Save the Date to the guys last week. And we're going to go out for pizza And for two and a half years, this guy named Chris wouldn't show up. Every so often, he'd respond to the text, thanks for the invite. Never came. Finally, he showed up. And I thought to myself, I could have given up on him. Are there some people in your life that you've been inviting and and knocking and inviting? See, here's the power of the gospel. I know you've read the, the, the scripture about sowing seed. There are some of us in life, I think our calling is to just sow the seed, but not reap the harvest and leave the harvest to God. Somebody else one day is going to make an invite, and that person is going to show up. Amen? But if we all do our part, we all make the invite and sow the seed, one day the harvest will come. Now, let's back up to introductions. Y'all ready for introductions? Y'all got invitations. I kind of beat that one pretty strong for us. Jesus is the master inviter. Don't forget to invite others and be the host. And even if people say no to the invite, keep on inviting, because that's the power of the invite. They feel included. So now let's talk about introductions y'all want to learn the fastest way to meet your neighbor? Do y'all want to learn this? Okay, repeat after me. Hello? Okay, let's try that again. That was a little weak on the left section. One more time. Hello? So what I want to do, I'm going to split the room in half. And I want this side to say hello to this side. And then I want you all to respond and say hello back. Can you try that? Let's do that. Ready? On the count of three. Two, three. Let's go, magic. Okay, yes, yeah, good. It's good. Good job. Congratulations, you passed. Your certificates will be at the door when you leave. You have officially been trained on how to be a good neighbor and introduce yourself to others. Husbands and wives, let's try that again. Okay. <laughs> you see, when it comes to introductions. This is what I have found over the last five years of working in the area of building neighboring communities around the country. Most people are afraid of what's next. They're afraid of a word called responsibility. Now, I need to take two steps back for a moment. I'm going to hold the Bible a little bit close to the chest because this one hurts. Okay. we live in the United States of America. Now, this is, this is streaming, right? Okay. This is not a political statement for the record. It's a biblical statement. I won't fall off the stage, Pastor Dan. <laughs> Jesus came that we may have what? Life. Whoever finds God finds life. What is life? Having that relationship with God gives you liberty. In the United States, we have this thing called liberty that people love. I kind of use this new phrase, people want their freedom. True? But they don't want their sacrifice. Are you you tracking with me now? This isn't a political statement, it's a biblical statement. Now watch this. If you and I say yes to Jesus, and we say, I I want that life. Followed up by that are some guidelines called responsibilities. (laughs) Responsibilities. And they're found in this book. Are you with me? So you can say yes to Jesus. Then the next step is, follow my teachings. They're here to look out for you. So when it comes to you and I, and saying hello to our neighbors, and making introductions, the next response is, what is my responsibility And that's what the next keys are all about. They're about the responsibilities that we have in the communities in which we live. Because that's when difference happens. It's one thing to see and say this is who we are and what we believe and what we know. It's another thing for people to smell and taste and see that the Lord is good. Are you tracking with me? It's kind of, I'm Italian and I I love food. It's my love language. And if you just talk to me about food, but you never let me taste it, it's meaningless, right? So if you tell your neighbors, yeah, I'm a, I'm a believer, I love Sets and Baptists. God is good. But you never show them how God is good. They never taste and see the Lord is good. So here's when it happens. So we talked about invitations. It begins to happen when we invite others because others begin to realize that they're important and they matter. And so you invite them. You don't ignore them. You include them. That's the power of the invite. And then the next key, key number four, is awareness. Awareness is when we take the action of responsibility to look out for others, to promote safety and concern and care. So I'm just going to do a quick survey. I love research and I love asking questions. So I'm going to ask a question and, and, and I want you to really do me a favor. I, I want you to raise your hand. This is going to be a little bit pushy. Pastor Dan may not invite me back but I want to ask you a question. Do you know anyone do you know anyone that is not here today? Come on. I'm going to see your hand. Just show, show it to me. Don't be lying in the back row. Let's try that again. You're not all being honest. I'm going to ask the question one more time. Does anyone here Know anyone that's not here? Thank you. Okay, I had to speak English that time. Good. That's awareness. One of my favorite movies was a movie about this Coast Guard diver and swimmer, and he would rescue people out of the raging sea. The character was played by Kevin Costner. Do y'all remember this movie? And I love swimming in the ocean. I grew up swimming in the ocean. been stung by so many stingrays and crazy stuff. I don't know what's bitten me last. But at the end of the day, I love the ocean. I love the water. Grew up sailing with my dad. But this Coast Guard rescue swimmer didn't count his success by the number of lives he saved. He counted it by the number of lives he lost. And if we sit here today without the awareness of who's not here, then we're missing out on why we are here. Our awareness should be for who's not here. Because we care about the safety and concern of others. Awareness in your neighborhood is when you see something wrong is going on and you step in. You don't ignore it. Say, hey, what's going on? The lights have been off a little too long. Some people will say to me, Tim, my neighbor's a slob, they don't cut their grass. Maybe they're sick and they're, they had surgery and they're not mobile and they need you to show up with the lawnmower and cut the grass for them. How can we raise the level of awareness for us to build community that lasts? It begins by us understanding and asking the question who's not here? Who's not here? That's responsibility. Because the opposite is how most of us live our lives. Now, Pastor Dan, if I'm stepping on toes, I'm sorry. But we come to church and it's comfortable for me. I I like who's here. I like how it smells. I like how it looks. And I like who's next to me. I don't necessarily want to invite them. We need to change the awareness and ask the question does God want them here? It's not my preference, it's His purpose. And his purpose should be greater than my preference. And so my awareness needs to be who's not here. So if you go somewhere today and you meet someone that's not here, or maybe you have a family member or a co-worker that's not here, invite them. Christmas Eve's coming. Services are available. Well, let's try to land this plane without crashing, okay? Can we try this? Let's do, let's do key number five. Key number five is availability. Repeat after me, availability. So in our neighborhood, I got a phone call one day from a neighbor by the name of Kevin. And he said, Tim, we're, we're selling the house. Vicky and I are going to move to Tennessee. And, but we got some bad news. And that is when they did the survey, the house fence was in the neighbor's yard. we got a problem. Can you and some guys come over and help us move the fence? Right. So like a good neighbor, I called some other neighbors and sent them over. Availability is when somebody knows your name and knows your number and they can call on you and you'll find a solution. You'll show up and you'll help. Sometimes I don't have the skill set to help and I call some other people with toolboxes. Are you with me? I remember one time... (laughs) Oh gosh, this is crazy. Nate, I'm going to confess it. Um, We we had a a tree that was dead at the entrance of our neighborhood and I thought, ah, we can cut it down. It's no big deal. You know, get a chainsaw, right? I mean, skip the rope, right? I mean, it's just a tree, you know? Yeah, so I call some neighbors. We go out there, and, you know, me and two other guys, you know, we can do this, we can do this. And, you know, before we even had a plan, you know, one of the neighbors starts. And the thing falls, like, right over the fence, crashes through the fence, crashes through the median of the entrance to the neighborhood, and smashes on the other side of the road. So people couldn't come in or go out. This lady is trying to leave to go to Publix, and she's on the phone. I I could hear her, honey, get down there and help out these idiots. They don't know what they're doing. And her husband pulled up with a trailer and more tools and chainsaws than I had ever seen in my life. Blowers, I mean, gloves, goggles, hat, I mean, helmet, you know. He comes, cleans the whole thing up, blows the driveway and all of a sudden, you know, traffic's passing through. And he comes up to me and goes, hey, Tim, man, if you ever need anything, you call on me. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. And I'm like, y- you? This guy was known in our community. I can't say that word here. Sorry. I know you're thinking it. But you know what I'm talking about? He's that guy. Like, you don't you don't go, you kind of like drive around his house, not near his house. He's just that guy, you know what I mean? Like he's just got that attitude. But he showed up and he served in our community that day and it built a bond. Let me tell you this, when you do things together as projects to help one another, you're gonna build community with people that may not even like you, but then at the end, you actually finally met them on a good day. Because I think most times we meet neighbors on their bad day and then we label them, that's not the nice guy. You just met him on a bad day. I don't know, but I've had bad days. Anyone else? Just me? Can I confess? I've had bad days where I don't want you to meet me, okay? And if you met me on that day, you'd be like, oh, he's that guy. Availability is us living out the gospel to say the people of Haiti should not be Locked in a prison of darkness spiritually, should not be locked in a prison of starvation and hunger and sickness. But they should be set free in Jesus' name. And so we're going to go there, and we're going to build schools and churches and open the clinics and train nurses. And that's being available. So let me let me take out the highlighter for a moment. To be available, you and I become helpful. Helpful. How can you be helpful? And I believe we need to become more comfortable with the discomfort in our lives when we have to be helpful to others. It's going to take a little time. It's going to take a little sweat. It may even take a little money. But but, but let's be helpful and available to those around us. I want us to turn to the scripture found in 1 Thessalonians. Theth- okay, English, Tim. Thessalonians. Told you I was homeschooled. Chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. And I, I want you to look on the screen with me, and I want us to read this aloud together today. Now, I, I backed up this verse. A lot of times we, we talk about the last one, but let's read it all from the beginning. Here we go. Ready? For God has not destined us to, for wrath, but obtained salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Just as you. Well, the beautiful part about this scripture is for us to build one another up and encourage one another. First, we must have a relationship with Jesus. Did you see how that works? Because in my flesh, in my human desire, I don't want to build you up. I don't want to be available. I don't want to stay aware. I don't want to show up and serve. I don't even want to invite you over. Stay away. But if I know Jesus and he destines us not to live under wrath or removal or separation, but restoration, then wouldn't he want that for us and others? And then that's when the gospel becomes alive and we build community that lasts. Because listen to this. The longest lasting community will be the body of Christ. It won't just be a good neighborhood where the fences are painted white and there's flowers on the porch. The community that God is after is the body of Christ. That lives forever. Amen? That's the community that lasts. So yes, we can be the good neighbor and show up and help fix the fence. Or we can cut down the tree and and solve the problem and replace the flat tire. But if we don't introduce others to Jesus and they come into the body of Christ and become a believer, then we haven't built community that lasts. Okay. You're not hearing me, so I'm going to get real personal. Pastor Dan this is streaming, this is live, I'm going to go on record and say I had a really hard conversation two weeks ago. Um, and The conversation went like this. Tim, it's been really difficult to raise money. What if we had a secular organization? Maybe it would be easier to raise money instead of a Christian organization. And my response was, not on my watch. Because if I'm not doing something for the gospel, then I'm not doing anything worth doing. Did you hear me? If you and I are building community just to have feel-good parties in the neighborhood and have some social gatherings and read a book club, have a book club, go for a walk, then we're not doing anything that's really meaningful. We're doing something that feels good. It's just not meaningful. On Tuesday night, I'm going to have Guy's Night Out, and one of the gentlemen who always responds first to the text messages to go on Guy's Night Out, his name is George. Chokes me up to say it. Because George prayed to make Jesus Lord of his life in my backyard. After I kept inviting him and inviting him and inviting him and inviting him and inviting him. I want us to go from here today, and I want us to understand we're entering a season right now called Christmas, the holidays. It's the loneliest time of year more suicides, more isolation, more pain. So who do you know? As Pastor Dan has taught us well, who's your one? Who do you know that over the next 30 days, less than that, 25, 30 days, we're, we're, it, it'll be Christmas Eve this time, right? Are we, are we there? We're sitting there. We're sitting on the edge of opportunity to build community that lasts. I want to ask us this question as we go today. God, you love me, right? You all agree that? Does God love you? Then who does God have for you to love in your community? Can you think of that person right now? Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a coworker. But if we don't think of who that person is, I know for me right now, there's a new neighbor that I just met recently. And he's invited to Tuesday night. He's been dodging me a little bit because he knows what I believe. He went for a walk in my backyard and there's a little chapel back there with a cross. He looks at me and goes, oh, you're Catholic? I said, I'm a Christian. And he kind of put his head down. You see, I want to be available for this man. He's hurting. He's searching. I don't have hope for him. I don't have the answer for him but I know who does. And so as we build community that lasts, we will build it as we understand that God loves us so that we can love others. So I wanna pray for you this morning that we would go from here and we would be a part of this solution. And then our pastor is gonna come and close out for us this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us so that we may go love others, but may we not make it easy and not help the sick or the hungry or the lost or the hurting. May we be intentional. May we make introductions. May we give invitations. May we stay aware. And may we be available. Because ministry is about others. But it's going to last the longest when they know you. So use us, we ask. That we may build community that lasts. As we build the body of Christ for your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen,
3: Amen, Amen. You know, church. One of the ways that we as a church have an opportunity, and we have uh, built a community outside of our walls, um, is every Friday morning. Well, through the football season, every Friday morning we host a game day breakfast for our Deland High School football team. And this past week, I was talking with them about my favorite Bible verse. Uh, Romans twelve one and 2 and I was talking to them about the second part of that where it says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you can test and approve what God's will is His good, pleasing, and perfect will and we talked about that and I showed them a clip from Rocky 4 because they were going to play football and they were going down to Treasure Coast to play uh, the second ranked team in the state in their division and I just told them, I said, listen This team has beat lots of teams this year. There have been a lot of teams that have taken the field against this particular team. And before they ever took the field, they knew that they were going to lose. I said, this is my encouragement to you. Go be different. Don't be the same as every team that they've faced all year. Go be different. Drove down to Treasure Coast. Port St. Lucie, that is a long way from here, drove down there, took the field, and you could tell before the kickoff, there was something different. You could tell that one team was there to play, and one team was there just to show up. And they absolutely mauled Treasure Coast. And they won that game, and they're going on to the state semifinal. Yeah, yeah. They went on to the state semifinals. They're going on to the state semifinals. By the way, if you're not doing anything on Friday night, you'd like to travel to Venice, Florida, we would welcome you to come and join us. It's going to be a great game. We're going to have a great time. But I'll tell you, throughout that game, those kids, those, those players kept coming up to me saying, we're different. We're different. We're different. I'll just say that what I've heard today is an encouragement to us To be different, to just be a little different. Because when we are a little bit different, we have an opportunity to make an impact on the world. There are people in our communities that need Jesus, they need a friend, they need a community, they need somebody in their life. And God has strategically placed us where we live for the purpose of being the difference that that person needs. So let's not miss out on that. Tim, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for encouraging us. Yeah, amen. I can't think of, honestly, I can't think of any better time for us to take this message and apply it than during this next few weeks. As we walk through the Christmas season, it's an opportunity for us to make an impact in the world. So I hope that you are already right now just saying, I'm going to be different. I'm going to make an impact. I'm going to uh, be intentional. I'm going to be aware. I'm going to be available. I'm going to have that invitation, that introduction. I'm, I'm going to be very forward with the opportunity of building community. And I want to challenge you. I just, I want to challenge you. Uh, We've been very practical throughout this series as we've walked through the power of routine. I just want to challenge you. This is my challenge. This week, I want you to go on a walk. Just go on a walk in your neighborhood. And as you walk, I want you to do two things. Number one, I want you to pray for the houses and the families of the people that you walk beside. You don't know their names but you can pray for them. You don't know what's going on in their life, but you can pray for them. So just go on a walk. It doesn't have to be a long walk. You don't have to walk very fast. Just go on a walk, pray for the people. And when you come across somebody and you will, I want you to say a word. Hello. Really simple. And if you have an opportunity, see if that word might not lead to a connection, to building community. So go on a walk and pray and say, hello. You never know what God might do. As we sing this closing song, we just want it to be a time of commitment and continued prayer that God would lead us to be the people that he has called us to be. So let's stand together and let's sing this closing song.
0: Jesus. Shout, Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus. Run.